Hey everyone, Kevin here with the Unpacking Travel Podcast. Welcome to episode two of our Lead with Hospitality mini-series featuring Taylor Scott. If you haven't listened to episode one in the mini-series, we definitely suggest you go back in whatever podcast player you're on and check that one out as well. In this episode though with Taylor, we break down realistic ways to conduct one-on-ones since a lot of us feel like we don't have enough time right now in our days to conduct them. Well, Taylor has his own thoughts about how to use your time during one-on-ones and some really great ideas around how you can make this kind of one-to-one engagement with your team members something you can actually commit to even when you feel like you're stretched on time and resources. So without further ado, let's dive in to hear what he has to say. Today's episode is going to be about how to create more engaging and more meaningful one-on-ones, especially when the common response is, I don't have time for one-on-ones as a leader, or... I'm doing too many things. I don't necessarily know where to start. And what we want to do in this episode is we want to break down into a very digestible form how you can do it when you feel like you don't have enough time or you feel like there's too many things going on because everybody feels that way right now. And one-on-ones have historically taken on a little bit of a, a ceremonial form. And we want to kind of deconstruct that a little bit and break it down a little bit and unpack it together into more digestible forms. So the first question I have for you, Taylor, is actually, what's the threat of not doing this, especially now as we enter the pandemic and as we're moving through one and as this normal is just evolving in, as far as how we respond to these changes happening around the world? What do you think the threat is of not doing this before we get into the opportunity that this presents? Yeah, great place to start. It's no different than any other relationship. Like if you think about personal relationships or even romantic relationships, in the absence of quality conversation and connection, think about what we do when we are away from that person or when there's this void of the connection. We're always conjuring up in our minds what we think they might be thinking what we think might be going on. And so the same principle applies at work. The same principle applies for uh, leadership is if we don't stay connected, if we don't commit to connection as a leader, the risk is our people on their teams might be thinking that stuff that is causing them pain and frustration and worry and doubt when they don't really need to be feeling that stuff. We could help them with that. And then we could save a bunch of time. We could save a bunch of emotional you know, uh, distress if we just stay connected. So I think that it's within that threat or within that problem, there's a really big opportunity to actually engage differently and have more meaning whenever you're talking to your staff and almost treating like every conversation that's not just a hi or a good morning, or even if that is a part of it, should be treated kind of like a one-on-one. So let's kind of let's kind of as an overlay, let's go over all of the areas that you think one-on-ones could take place, but maybe leaders didn't necessarily think about it because that that common phrase is I don't have enough time. The optimum deal is premium. Let's get it on the calendar, prepare for it, you know, have it on there. If you've got eight direct reports, then you as a leader should have eight different calendar meetings each week, uh, at least on the schedule. It's like it's like your diet and nutrition. If you prepare for it, 
then you will stay on the straight and narrow. If you don't prepare for it, now you're ordering a pizza at 11 o'clock at night or grabbing a quick burger for the fourth day in a row. Uh, So that's premium. But if you can't do, if you, if you, if if it's a week or if it's a day where you just are not able to get into that one-on-one in the office type setting, then absolutely positively lunch, take a walk with somebody, walk and talk, ask if they can meet you at a certain place where if you're working in a resort, if you're working in a theme park, if you're working in a casino, or if you're working in an office, can you just can you just meet them somewhere and take a quick walk around the building or around the hallway, something to walk and talk? Um, I, I remember it was, what, eight, seven, eight years ago? I, I remember a conversation you and I had standing at a slot machine on the casino floor, and you just had something on your heart, man. You had, you had an idea, and you were like, hey – can I grab you for a couple seconds? And I happened to be walking through. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Things can happen anywhere. It's more of the content of the conversation. So I would just say anywhere where you can have a conversation where a few key things happen, where you're able to, you as the leader, ask some questions to get them thinking and to really seek to understand. And then can you can you ask them for some feedback? And then is it a situation? Is it a, a place where you can offer them some feedback or feed forward on you on what you'd like to see? Um, and then, of course, being able to coach where necessary, praise where necessary. Uh, but then just having those moments where you can share with them um, how you see things are going. And and but really, if they can walk away feeling like, you know what, that person's really interested, actually, <laughs> they're interested in me today and interested in my future. So let's break down that that first bit when you talked about asking questions, because I think that a lot of leaders might not necessarily know what questions to ask right now. So again, pre-pandemic, though that question set might be completely different than what it should be now. Where would you start if you were having a one-on-one with a team member you know, on a walking meeting? What are the first things that would be coming out of your mouth to try and understand that person better? How you feeling? First question I'd ask. It, it used to be first question I asked when I had teams. Uh, and it's what I, what I recommend asking today for people that I teach and coach leadership in different operations, different lines of businesses is again, is, is if we hold as leaders, if we hold ourselves to this level of accountability, to we have to make sure that people are feeling welcome, comfortable, and important. That's significance. They got to feel significant, man, on, on our team, in their role, and in their own skin. Well, if we hold ourselves to that, then that that's going to compel you to always want to seek to understand how are you feeling. And then, you know, being, being, being um, okay with – peeling the onion as the leader. All right. Well, why? Tell me why. Tell me why you feel that way. What is it about so-and-so? What, when you say you're having an issue with so-and-so, say more. What do you mean by that? Peeling the onion, and that's encouraging them to share more. And the more you can encourage, the more you seek to understand along the way, the more comfortable they're hopefully going to feel in sharing this with you. It's kind of like sales. Like okay. leadership is sales and sales is leadership. Think about it this way. <clears throat> like we rarely are comfortable buying from somebody that just comes right out of the gate and says, here are all the reasons you need to buy this vacuum cleaner. Here are all the reasons you need to buy this car. 
versus think about the great salesperson, somebody that's consultative in nature, somebody that's coming from a place of service when they first ask about us. What you know, what is it are you looking for? What do you like? What you, do you don't like? Interesting. Say more about that. You said you had the Camry in 2002. What was it about the Camry that you really it's the same type of a thing? I had a professor in grad school, second day of class. It was my marketing hospitality marketing class. Second day of class rolls in. He's like, OK, it's uh, clock on the wall says one o'clock. Let's get started. And he immediately launched in. He goes, great marketers, great salespeople. And great leaders should just go around asking people, what's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? And he walked up and down the aisles in the classroom. He said, what's your problem? What's your problem? Pointing to different people. His point was that we all want to have somebody to help us solve our problems. So whether you're a salesperson or a leader, a great place to start is just to seek to understand what problems people might be having so that then you can help them solve them. And in, in, a perfect segue. I, when you just said seek to understand, I remember, I don't know if it was like a tag on your desk or maybe some sort of little placard, but it said seek to understand. And then I think you flipped it over something and it said before seeking to be understood. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we think about seeking to understand, not just about the feeling that your staff are having, but also the performance, the operation, how they're feeling about their job, the, the more actionable things. What's the, what's the most supportive way to get feedback from your teams? Because again, I feel like you can't necessarily ask the same things or use the same methods to try and get feedback. And, and I think because a lot of people might not necessarily feel safe, it might be hard for them to give honest feedback. So how do you kind of apply that in your day-to-day life as far as getting feedback? Because I feel like you are constantly asking for feedback and are kind of a master of it. Well, I just think it it, it goes back a step, actually. Like as leaders, if we can make sure that I have a code, remember the code, the word code backwards is E-D-O-C, and it stands for this, explain, demonstrate, observe, and coach. The reason why this is relevant to your answer is this coaching is the feedback piece. But as leaders, we have to kind of hold ourselves accountable again and go, all right, have we given a have I given a clear expectation on this? Like, have I given a clear expectation? And when I gave the clear expectation, did everybody understand? And then did I go one more step actually and actually show them what I'm looking for? Did I demonstrate? And did I give them time to go out there and perform it or give them time to go out there and carry out their roles? And then did I sit back and observe? like a great coach does, because until we actually have given clear expectations and maybe even gone one more step and shown them what we're looking for, can we then observe and chill and sit back and listen and watch and see how they do to then know exactly what type of feedback to give them. So that alone right there, when we start from a place of making sure that we give people very crystal clear expectations, people might be a little less defensive when it comes time for us to give them some feedback on what they did or did not do correctly or as well as we would like them to do it. Um, but another question to ask is, is, is what, what's getting in your way? What, what types of things are getting in your way? Knowing, How can I remove blockers for you? Basically? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, knowing, knowing where we agreed upon what our, our expectation was, well, given that, well, what seems to be getting in your way and then being able to just kind of zip it and sit back and listen. And allow that moment where they're to be like dead air 
and try not to just be the one to have to fill the air. Let them think through and let them be the one to respond. What do you think you should stay away from and you should not really do at all to ensure you are actively engaging and making it more meaningful? Yeah. Rule number one is don't give feedback when you yourself are like frustrated, mad, sad, or just in a bad mental place, because that that's the difference between reacting poorly and responding, you know, to something. So like rule number one, try your best not to let yourself get out there and give this big piece of coaching feedback and, you know, pontificating on here's what we need to be doing. And I can't believe you because if we're, if we emotions are okay, acting emotionally is not magical. So that's rule number one. Um, The other piece is, is as, as a leader, if you really want to set yourself apart and if you want to be that memorable and inspiring leader and not to, and, and by the way, a leader that can also get results and achieve results with and through other people. It's kind of another principle tale as old as time. We've all heard our whole lives make it about them. And here's, here's the context. And here's what I mean is that if you as the leader can be very, um, and be very clear about not only, you know, crafting the vision that you have for your team and for where you want to take them, but also being able to, to, um, to, to cast your vision, to articulate your vision to each person individually as well as collectively. And this is where that social awareness really comes into play for you to be able as a leader to understand everybody's uniqueness and everybody's strength so that you as the leader, it's, there's a quote from one of those Steve Jobs movies where, where Steve Jobs' character there's, talks about, he's talking to Waz and he's like, He's like, this is the difference between me and you. Steve Jobs goes, I play the orchestra. So as opposed to being that one person that sits in the one chair playing the one instrument, providing the one function, well, the leader's got to be the one to play the orchestra, making sure that all the different notes and all the different instruments can play together and be resonant throughout as opposed to dissonant. So when you as a leader can understand everybody's strength, then you can begin to really tell people, hey, Kev, you know what I value about you? I've noticed your strengths are this, this, and this. The vision, remember, I, we talked about our vision for this team a few weeks ago in our one-on-one. Let me just remind you, the vision that I have is for, for you to be able to play this role. Here's where your, here's where your strengths are going to come in and, and really add value to our ability to get where we are going. That alone in these one-on-ones, then you can use that from then on forevermore to always tie back when it comes time to giving somebody feedback, because you can always remind them of two things. Remember we agreed. Remember I said that clear expectation. You said you understood it. Okay, cool. And then two, remember the vision. Remember how I really do. I see you fitting into where we're taking. You can always go then here's how to give the the, the caring feedback. Um, hey, I noticed this morning, Kev, you know, after our, after our pre-shift, I noticed you and, and Bobby, got into a little a little argument. I noticed you raised your voice out here on stage in the guest areas. Do you remember that? You might say, yeah, I remember that. It was a pain in the butt. And I might say, is everything okay? How's everything going? Checking in first. And then I might ask you two questions. I might say, so given what we talked about, about the, our focus on the guest experience and doing what we 
when you raise your voice to somebody else on stage within earshot of our guests, what do you think the impact of that is on our, you know, guest service scores or whatever it is? And you stop, zip it, let them answer. They can answer. They they give you the answer and then you ask them the final question. All right. That's what I was thinking too. So what can we do differently next time? What could you do differently next time to get a more positive outcome? Again, zip it, stop, let them think, let them answer. And then that's it. And then it's a little, okay, cool, man. Fist bump, COVID bump, whatever, fake high five, whatever you want to do. Appreciate it, man. Thanks (laughs) for letting me have that conversation with you. I'm here for you. You know, if you need me, you know where I am. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. And you're out. Like that's the versus, you know, coming down to somebody and doing a halftime speech, you know, that's going to go nowhere. To to kind of sum things up and and wrap things up here, the the really kind of basic rules here are you need to ask questions first. Ask them how they're feeling, not just how they are, but how they're feeling. Try and get to an emotional place with them. Ask them for feedback and do it in a way that, to Taylor's point, you just zip it and let them talk. And make sure that the questions that you're asking as you're getting feedback are meaningful because you're actively listening to what they're actually saying. And that when you're giving feedback, you need to go back to that level of self-awareness and you need to go back to that level of understanding of who you're talking to, to make sure that that feedback isn't overtly aggressive or overtly strong and that you're doing it in an emotionally intelligent way. And that when you are giving them feedback, you need ways to connect that feedback to your vision as a manager for how you want the operation to improve So that when you are giving that feedback, you can be clear with your expectations, you can be realistic with them, and you can give them a little bit of a a little bit of support that they might not necessarily be used to in following through on the things that you're willing to give them an expectation on. So Taylor, are are there any last things that you wanted to say, you know, about just how to really improve uh, the one-on-one experience as far as, you know, anything that might've been missed out. Yeah. I, it comes, there's one thing I did miss and that is, you know, as a leader, being able to ask each individual on your team, Hey, what are your goals? Yeah. Yeah. I'll share my vision for the team and how I see you in it, but I'm interested in you, Kevin, what are your goals personally and professionally? And let's work on that together. And that way you as the leader can then be this more of a, you can provide them more of a service to help them not only craft their SMART goal, making sure that w- whether it's a professional one or a personal one, when's it, think about it. Like there are very few leaders, if we look back at our own lives and careers, that we actually had a leader to take that level of an interest and that level of action to help us achieve the goal where we wanted to go. Like that alone can help you take your team further quicker on all the other operational stuff just with that simple thing when they know that you want to help them achieve their goals. And then you can work with them together and, and develop some action plans for each other. That also does two things. It gives it allows them to trust you more and it gives you even more um, credibility when it comes time for you to offer them some feedback because you, you can then tie it back to, hey, man. You said you wanted to get into media one day. Well, this are, these are oppor- opportunities I'm giving you. So I'd love for you to be able to lean into it and blah, blah, blah. And then that it becomes more personal. That's one thing I did forget. Yeah, I like that. So everybody listening in, thank you so much for your time and for listening to what we both believe is a really important subject. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about 
ways to improve your pre-shift and ways to improve more group-related communication so that you can make sure that there's a level of continuity between yourself, what you're asking of yourself, what you're asking of your individual peers, and what you're going to be asking of your group and what they're going to be asking of you. So again, Taylor, it was amazing talking to you. Thank you so much. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button on whatever app you're using. You can also go to our website at amadeus-hospitality.com slash podcast to download the episodes directly and hit the contact us button on the page if you have any feedback or topics you think we should unpack together. Thanks for listening. Thank you.